You're listening to Added a Snack, the podcast dedicated, created, and streamed to support you on your additive manufacturing journey through stimulating education, compelling discussions on cutting-edge technologies, and inspiring personalities. I am Fabian Adelfeld, part of the award-winning consulting, engineering, and education team called Additive Minds here at EOS in North America. And I'm your host. Last week, we had a great conversation with John Wilsinski, the executive director of America Makes, where we discussed shaping the manufacturing environment and ecosystem of America to increase competitiveness and manufacturing ability, especially when it comes to additive manufacturing. This week, we're excited to have Mike Vasquez join us. Mike wears many hats in the industry. He's the founder of Three Degrees Consulting, host of the podcast Three Degrees Discussions, and he runs educational events in Chicago and is scaling these across the United States. He and I met at IMTS to talk about the additive manufacturing community, about education, and the ongoing advancements in metal and polymer materials in the industry. So let's listen in. All right, welcome to IMTS Plus and welcome, Mike. Thanks for thanks for being with me. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, this is a, a special episode of, of Additive Snack and of course of IMTS Plus. And uh, my name is Fabian Alefeld. I'm the host of Additive Snack and also part of the EOS team, which is uh, one of the largest industrial additive manufacturing OEMs. And uh, enough about me because I have a really cool guest with me today, uh, Mike. So you... You've been in the additive manufacturing industry for so many years, and uh, you also run a podcast called uh, Three Degrees. And that's that Three correct? Degrees Discussions. Three Degrees Discussion. Thank yep. you. And uh, you do so many things. So I'm going to let you actually introduce yourself. Sure. Who is Mike, and what is the latest and greatest of Mike? Yeah, so I'm based here in Chicago. I started my additive journey almost 12, 13 years ago. Um, I'm a materials engineer by background, and... Uh, um, came out of school, did a PhD, really focused on additive EOS was actually my PhD sponsor way back in the day. And so I know Andy from way back then. Yeah, he's a um, good guy, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so I started three degrees as a consulting company. So early on, um, I had a lot of knowledge about materials and 3d printing decided like, Hey, maybe there's some people that could use some help in that. And kind of as a, as a partner, as a collaborator and solving some of the technical challenges with taking 3d printing from production to prototype or from prototyping to production. Yeah. And through that journey, um, got to work with a lot of great companies, machine manufacturers, um, part manufacturers, materials manufacturers, and kind of all blended together. And, um, it just has been one of those journeys where it's kind of taken me on a lot of different paths. So we, about four years ago, we started a spin out software company called Trace AM that helps with data management for 3D printing and qualifying mm -hmm. parts. Um, we got the podcast going, which started about two and a half years ago. We do it weekly, kind of the idea being, I've always been passionate about helping people find some of these industries that are emerging like 3d printing and showing them what the career paths are, are. And so the idea of with the podcast is 
every week we interview someone for 45 minutes to an hour. The idea is to kind of have them share their career story. Not so much like a technical discussion, more like, hey, where'd you grow up? Like, how'd you yeah. figure out what you wanted to do? Where, when was your first job in additive? What are you doing now? Where do you see the industry type of thing? And so it's it's been a lot of fun and um, and and uh, hear the more of the context of the people behind some of the technologies that you see. And so um, we do the podcast and then um, kind of the, the other thing we do is a uh, voluntary training program um, for underserved areas um, starting in Chicago, but we're expanding to other places like Denver oh, cool. um, uh, called AMX, the Advanced Manufacturing Experience. And the idea behind that is, again, to kind of show people what some of the career paths are may, without maybe going to school or going to kind of a formal education. So getting people paired up with mentors and, uh, and seeing places like EOS and se seeing what the machines look like and, and seeing kind of what does it mean to work in this industry and what the jobs that are out there. And so it's kind of a, a, a fun um, way to kind of give back to the industry and we're bringing some of this, the participants tomorrow. It's like 18, it's usually kind of 20, 20 year old up to 60 years old. And oh, so okay. it's, uh, it's people that have been like, have a little bit of a career, maybe work in retail or um, other other parts of, yeah. of the industrial sector. That is such an important work. And as you mentioned, it's it's most likely fun for all the participants, but it also really helps us as the additive manufacturing industry, but the manufacturing industry in general to to attract more talents, because it's really not that easy to step into into the manufacturing industry. I saw just yesterday, I think, that you also have some really cool uh, people uh, as part of that AMX experience. You had somebody from from Nike yeah. uh, speak to the folks. So that must inspire a lot of people. Yeah. And the whole idea was like I was trying to pare down like there's a lot of great training programs, initiatives to educate people about 3D printing. There's university programs, there's corporate training, there's all sorts of different ways. And I was trying to think of, OK, what are the first principles like what how do you get someone prepared to go work in three months or even two months. Yeah. And what does that mean? Like they need to show up on time. They need to be um, excited to work with their hands and they need a little bit of a network. And so kind of the pillars of our, our program is to, to have some basic training, like what is 3D printing, like sure. hands on kind of work, see it so that they can kind of say, okay, I could see myself doing what you do or um, working on a machine. And then the third part really is mentorship and, and giving people a network, right? Like the industry mm -hmm. is still very small. So yeah. if you like, I know a lot of people in the industry, like, so yesterday we had um, one of my former mentors or I guess current mentors, uh, Ryan Larson, who's head of additive at Nike. Yeah. He and I worked together way back in the day at Burton Snowboards. He came and kind of showed their, his career story. He went to school for model making and kind of worked his way at different companies. And again, it's like saying like, hey, it's not a huge leap like to to kind of get on the path. There's still so many growing industry sectors and technologies that, um, I think sometimes we take it for granted that if you walk outside this room or McCormick Place that yeah. you ask 100 people on the street what EOS is or Stratasys or 3D Systems or any of these companies that we see here, like nobody's going to know. They yeah. may even think One it's a camera a company, right? <laughs> yeah, um, or lipstick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and so I think that's challenging for people just because they don't know like what what goes on in these white windowless nondescript buildings on the side of the highway yeah right yeah, like exactly. there's a lot of cool machines that print in titanium and do rocket engines and, exactly. and stuff and so i think it's like giving people a 
like opening that door a little bit mm-hmm. to show like mm-hmm. what what the art of the possible is and saying like just inspiration really to say okay hey like that seems cool i want to learn it more and now you have you can say oh i can go talk to ryan about it and then he'll know someone and um he'll know they'll know someone else and so it kind of like helps just give people some confidence and give some some inspiration of what what could be out there yeah that's true i mean especially the the 3d printing industry is so small still as you said everybody knows everybody uh a lot of people refer to it as the family, so right. F-A-M. Right, the, but if you're not in the family right exactly. away, it's hard. It's intimidating, right? If you go to a place like Amog for the first time, like everyone else knows everybody, but you kind of feel like an outsider. And so yeah. like kind of giving people a little bit of a leg up in, in that, and especially some from some of the, the neighborhoods and areas that we're working in, um, it's um, that is even more beneficial because it, it can, again, feel so distant from yeah from yeah. what the day-to-day reality is no for sure for sure so if, if you're out there and uh, you live in chicago or at possibly any of the new places you're you're launching amx yeah where can, where can people sign up for for amx How's sure so we're actually starting another cohort um in october um if you go to our website www.3degreescompany.com i think it's backslash amx um mm-hmm. And so um, we're doing some partnerships now. We've got um, a good partnership with Daily Community College here in Chicago. Cool. Um, it's the manufacturing-focused uh, community college and educational training center um, mm-hmm. for the city. And so we'll be doing some training down there with, like, essentially running AMX, but at a different facility. Um, and and then, but still having tours and having people participate. We're bringing the the participants tomorrow. They're uh, going to the EOS, and Dave's going to give a around uh, nice. around the world tour of all the different technologies and see it. And so it's really like the idea is like see big machines, not just not just some toys. of the the, the smaller yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. That that's awesome. And um, you've you've been at IMTS now uh, since yesterday, and I'm sure you walked the floor a little bit. What are some of your IMTS highlights that you've that you've seen so far? I think just a kind of taking a step back is like there's a lot of energy, a lot of like people walk. Yesterday started a little bit slow when I got here, but I think everyone's used to that travel day. But yeah. I think today certainly is like very crowded. A um, lot of. Uh, a lot of exciting things to see, not just in terms of additive, which has kind of got its own pocket, but in a lot of cool technologies announcements. Yeah. Um, but just how big manufacturing is <laughs> uh, outside of three D printing, and yeah. I think I, I take that for granted sometimes in terms of hey, we're maybe one percent, point one percent of the industry is three D printing, but that's uh, I think there's a lot of room to grow, a lot of excitement, and I just like the the enthusiasm around making things. Um, creating things having a um kind of that infrastructure here in in, in chicago yeah no i couldn't agree more it's uh, and the the way that people's eyes light up when they see a cool part or a cool technology is so inspiring and and fuels your own energy right when yeah. you, you you talk to somebody and they get all excited about and they have technology. a trainer they have a education wing down on i think off one of the um the buildings here i went down there for a, a little bit yesterday i met an astronaut so i got some poster sign for my kids which is awesome maybe, uh dad number one for the night but uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah i mean it was like 
there it made it accessible for a lot of people. There's a, a robot dog down there and, and kind of inspiring that next generation of like, hey, like these are impressive machines. Like what what can I do with them? What can I regardless of whether it's 3D printing or um, traditional manufacturing? I think there's I think it's just inspiring to see kind of all the all the work that's gone on behind the scenes to get get these companies here. Yeah, that's awesome. I've I've always wanted to see one of those uh, Boston Dynamic robots, so yeah. um, I really should should make my way there. Absolutely. Day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, let's talk about your podcast because uh, you also recently hit a big milestone, which is a hundred episodes. Congratulations, by the Thank way. You. That's very impressive. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit more about your podcast, and also I do want to hear about your one uh, hundredth episode, where I believe your wife and kids actually interviewed that's you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's such yeah. A cool so idea. the podcast started. At kind of early on in the pandemic, um, one as a way to kind of just connect with people, hear their stories. I think the real inspiration was you meet people in passing, like I see you every month, it seems, at a trade show or something yeah. like that. Um, and sometimes it's hard to say, hey, like you have a life outside of additive and like all the journey that you've taken to do what you do with the podcast and the BOS. And so I, I always enjoy hearing kind of the like the non-business side of, yeah. of what people are doing, what are some of the challenges they faced. And so the idea with podcasts as it started was, hey, let's hear about everyone's career journey from, like the first question I ask everyone is like, okay, where were you born and what was it like growing up? Yeah. Wherever you were, whether it was Ohio or California or Germany or wherever it was. And so then we kind of make our way all the way to kind of present day. Um, and, and so that's been a lot of fun. We have a wide range of guests, um, and from materials engineers to people running shop shop floors, people have put their mortgage on buying a machine and trying to run a business. Yeah, wow. Um, so it's, I, I find it interesting. We try and do one a week. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we just passed episode 100. Um, every 50, I kind of made a tradition that my wife interviews me as a as uh, as the guest. Does she so, get nervous before she? she no, asks, she's no? much better at it than I am. She should be running it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, she early on, she's been, um, we've been together since I started the business. And so she's been to enough of these trade shows that she could probably do the pitch better than I can at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she kind of does, uh, does an interview and then, um, this time around decided like my kids like messing with the microphone and headphones yeah. anyway. So yeah. I had them ask some questions and, and kind of come on for a, a rapid fire round at the end. Okay. What was the best question they asked you? Uh, I, they asked me kind of, uh, what was my favorite thing to 3d print? Cause we just got like a little mini printer at home and, or I asked them what their favorite thing was to print. And, um, we just got kind of a mini printer at home. And so they like some of the, the jewelry type of fish things that, yeah. that's around. So they always ask me to, can you print it again? Cause they lose <laughs> it or break it or something like that. That's cool. That's funny. All right. So, uh, where can people, uh, check out your podcast? Is it on uh, Spotify, Apple podcast? Yep. It's on all the major platforms. You mm -hmm. can watch it on video on YouTube. It's three degrees discussions. You can see it on our website again, three degrees company.com. Um, but SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, whatever, wherever you get your podcast, you can, you can find it. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I think it's very interesting that uh, you're also a materials engineer, material scientist. And I'm very curious to hear, since you've been in the industry for 12 years, yeah. how has the materials game changed? Yeah, I think it's maturing in some sense that people think about not just, can I print with this? Like, can I get 
10 pounds or 10 kilos of this material to print is like, what is involved in getting a hundred or a hundred kilos or a ton or 10 tons or a hundred tons of this yeah. material? Cause all the supply chain that goes on behind it. Um, and, and that's where I hope the, the, the technology goes where it's much more productionized. It's, um, one of those things where it's not just kind of one-off niche type of materials. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's still space for that, but I think there's a lot of excitement about more of the infrastructure around materials and, um, and how to make them. But then also we do a lot of work on the data management side is making sure that can we track where our materials are coming from and all the processes and things involved in making a production part. So I think the, I call it the plumbing of 3d printing. Like yeah, how do we make sure analogy. that things are efficient at, they are, um, easy to do, easy to manage, easy to ramp up, and then also mm -hmm. easy to repeat in terms mm -hmm. of material. So that's, that's kind of the, the direction we, we think about it in. That's a good point. And you know, a lot of people that are, are listening right now are probably not too aware about the other manufacturing processes. And especially when we talk about powder bed fusion, whether it's laser base or any other uh, energy source, powder ma management and handling is, is sometimes overwhelming for people mm -hmm. to really wrap their head around what are some some tips and tricks that you could uh, you can leave people with when it comes to yeah really understanding how to how to how to approach that yeah i think the one thing that is really good now that the material the industry has matured a little bit is that people have probably done what you're thinking about doing before yeah in terms of like there are great resources out there in terms of whether it's the oems or materials companies to get some of that knowledge so you don't feel like you're starting from scratch mm -hmm. um and i think especially as you're going into production and qualification um trying to kind of build your network and, and say okay how did you do powder blending did you throw away all the stuff that you didn't use did you yeah. recycle it how often did you cycle it and i think the the also really good thing is like some of the standards are maturing sae and astm and am aws and, and others that are um putting out standards to say okay hey here's one way to do it and, and start with with that mm -hmm. so i think um for anyone starting new i think um you're not alone and, yeah. and like yeah. try and use some of the resources, whether it's trade shows, whether it's listening to podcasts, whether it's um, just talking to people from um, from different parts of the industry, because there are a lot of opportunities to learn out there mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and leverage what people have already done. Yeah, not very true. Very true. And um, also the, the, the amount of materials is continuously growing in the in the elephant manufacturing industry, whether if it's talking about polymers or, mm -hmm. or metals. Um, even a few years ago, it was very difficult and rare to print in copper. Uh, today, copper is a very highly demanded material where, where our customers are printing, or the industry is printing inductors, uh, they're printing uh, yep, thermal management devices out of pure copper or more high performance devices out of copper, chromium, zirconium, or GeoCop 42, it's an alloy developed by NASA. What is uh, what are some of the materials that that excited you when it hit the market or uh, were able to 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 print? What are some game changers in the actual alloy game? Yeah, it's like asking what's your favorite kid, right? Or yeah. what, yeah, materials <laughs> yeah. in What's your favorite material? I think there's a lot of excitement in the composite space. Yeah, um, carbon fiber filled, fiberglass filled, kind of polymer composites. I think it opens up some more applications where you could select a composite where you may have previously used like aluminum or maybe a titanium or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that is exciting. Um, and I think there's, there's some interesting work going on in that space. Um, in addition, just, 
just generally more of the machine manufacturer. There's trying to be a little bit more open-minded when it comes to new materials and helping kind of co-develop approaches to to be for specific industries. I think that's that's exciting. Yeah, it's that's 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 very true. Um, and you know, it's 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 not stopping. Uh, there's there's a new material hitting the markets uh, yeah. probably every week. Uh, some uh, yeah, very niche, but some also open up, as you said, uh, very interesting applications where the application space is is continuously growing. And speaking about application spaces, um, and maybe if you get your little glass uh, glass sphere uh, out of your pocket, what does the the future of of additive manufacturing look like, and how can additive manufacturing be a tool in the tool belt for manufacturers out there that are visiting IMTS that are either already in additive and are trying to integrate it further or are trying to really wrap their head around, you know, how will additive manufacturing impact me in the near, but also in the, in the midterm future? Sure. Yeah. I think that's, uh, every year we see more and more options in terms of what people are looking for. There's always been kind of the, the high end expensive applications to, or machines and equipment and materials that hit aerospace, medical, things like that. Um, I think, as the technology has kind of broadened and matured in some different ways, like the applications become more and more apparent in terms of, okay, hey, we're really good at making parts that are eight and a half by 12 and flat or six inches wide. And yeah. so I think, um, I, I think machine manufacturers and even materials companies are getting more comfortable with the fact that they don't have to make everything. That they don't have to be a tool that solves every single problem, and I'm really excited about the uh, the areas and the companies that are really just kind of application forward and say, "Hey, we're not selling just a generic machine. We're selling a 3D printer to make tooling for automotive or yeah. the electronics industry, or um, we're just making machines to make titanium implants for medical." And, and kind yeah. of designing around applications versus that added pressure of, hey, we need to be good at all these 25 different things. And um, and I think a lot more um, depth will come from that. And so mm -hmm. that's what I'm kind of excited about and kind of walking some of the booths and saying, hey, like they're really focused on medical or electronics yeah. or whatever it may be and and kind of seeing the focus on on that front so that's that's where i'm i kind of get excited about yeah yeah and that is very exciting that is very exciting it, it really shows how the the industry is maturing and is definitely out of prototyping right yes. which a lot of people still consider additive manufacturing a prototyping technology yeah and what's interesting too is that we we see there's always one industry that matures very rapidly uh, I think the latest was probably space that that really quickly sure. adopted additive manufacturing, and now every rockets and vehicle that we launch into space has additive manufacturing as as key components. Um, before that, it was the it was uh, aerospace and, and medical uh, industries. What is the next? What's the next industry? Who uh, who will be uh, the next champion of additive manufacturing? In your opinion? I still think it's like an underrepresented. It's not as sexy, but like the tooling area. Like, yeah. I just think there's so many interesting applications where tooling and ways to help enhance or combine traditional manufacturing with yeah. additive is, yeah. is just a huge opportunity, um, either to help with better customization, better throughput, sustainability uh, on that front. And I, I still think there's kind of living through the 
kind of echoes of COVID over the last few years, I think the exciting thing is people are more the when manufacturing breaks down or when there are challenges with manufacturing, people are aware of it mm-hmm. <laughs> again. Yeah, for sure. And so I still think there's a lot of opportunity for additive to to play in that space. Yeah. And and new materials also continue to unlock new applications in the tooling space. Right? I mean, H13 has been uh, difficult to uh, to print for various reasons because of the high carbon contents. Uh, now we're able to to print mm-hmm. an H13 in without heating up the base plate to 500 degrees, which is right. super difficult to do. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, can can mirror that. And also, you know, walking around here, uh, seeing the semiconductor industry, for example, absolutely or a lot of investment from at least the the U.S. government on that front. And- exactly, exactly. AM Forward and the semiconductor bill that were just released are definitely going to push push those industries into into additive as well. Certainly. Yeah. Let's uh, let, let me ask you one more thing, and that is, you know, at Additive Snack, we 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 typically try to to package uh, pieces of knowledge of experts such as yourself into into a into a short time frame so in a few sentences if you want to give people out there a tip on how to get into the into the industry as as easy and successful as possible what's your what's your additive snack for them yeah i'm going to steal this from uh i asked this to to ryan yesterday from nike and i think uh, i echo it in, in in a lot of ways is um kind of be curious um don't mm-hmm. be afraid to ask questions um, be open-minded as well. Even if you're used to using a specific technology or think that additive is the solution or not the solution for everything, I think um, people that have, I've found that have been very successful in the industry are very open-minded and willing to collaborate and 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 share a sense of um, shared exploration when they go into the industry. Such good advice. If you're if you are trying to get into additive, it's not going to work with a very closed mindset. Yeah, you need an open mindset to innovate, to collaborate, to be open to difficult and challenging ideas that and get may things even... wrong. I mean... Exactly. Yeah, we all do, and you are gonna have to fail many times uh, in order to really become successful and incorporate additive manufacturing successful into your into your uh, technology so uh mike thanks so much for being on imts plus it was a pleasure uh, having you on the show uh yeah as he said if you want to check out his podcast uh check out three degrees conversations three degrees discussions discussions yes thank you uh on uh, on your favorite uh, podcast and also check out his amx platform super yep. cool uh, what's the next city after uh, Chicago? Looking at Denver and then maybe somewhere in Ohio. All right, so. Denver, Ohio, and uh, Illinois. When we talked about the additive manufacturing community, the importance of education in this space, and the exciting trends we're seeing in materials and the industry as a whole, I always get excited. And as we discussed, the potential for growth in additive manufacturing is vast. And it's an exciting time to be a part of the community. Whether if you're just new to the industry or a seasoned professional. And remember, keep an open mind, be curious, and encourage others to join you on your additive manufacturing journey. Nobody can walk it alone. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast app to stay up to date on the latest episodes, including your upcoming miniseries, The AM Space Race, launching in 2023. And next week, we're talking to Duan Scott, one of the leading figures when it comes to design for AM or design for additive manufacturing. So stay tuned. And until then, I'm Fabian Adelfeld. Thank you for listening to Additive Snack.
For this episode, a big thank you goes out to Kristen War and Shannon Bach, as well as the IMTS Plus team and the Industrial Strength Marketing team, with James Soto, Jim Olin, Jim Eisenbeck, and Jessica Goff. 